Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. He Hello. Ooh, is this thing on? <clears throat> Hello, podcast people. Joseph's mother, Pauline Stockhausen, here. Seems Joe has had a lot to say already, but I thought it was time that I had my say. This episode is all about parenting, and seeing as Joe is not a parent, I don't really see why he should have all the time on here. He might think he knows it all, but let me tell you a couple of things he hasn't been telling you. Like back when he was really little, he did... Mum, what are you doing in here? (laughs) I'm having a little chat with your podcast people. Don't just come into my room and touch my stuff. Oh, calm down. I just thought as seeing this episode is about parenting, maybe I should do the hosting. You should have asked me first. Uh, Well, I'm asking now. Fine, do the intro. But I'm doing the hosting after the theme song, all right? Okay, yay! Kia ora and welcome to Let's Be Transparent, a podcast that follows the journey that me and my son went on after he came out to me. Now, if you're listening because you might have had a similar experience, then hopefully this can be a helpful resource for you. And if you're listening because you don't know where to begin when it comes to all this transgender stuff, trust me, I know exactly how you're feeling. It's still me. Nothing's changed Just little parts of me are rearranged I'm still here, so are you We've got so much growing left to do This is more than just a kid and a parent Let's be transparent Kia ora, I'm Joseph Stockhausen and welcome back to Let's Be Transparent I've been talking to a lot of parents over the past few months Even parents of kids who aren't in the trans or rainbow communities, well, that they know of. And from what I've learned, parents just want to make sure their kids are okay. It's not exactly a profound revelation, but when there's so much you don't know, so much in the unknown, it could be a turning point. Don't worry, they're still going to annoy the hell out of you and beg you for that new Nintendo and refuse to eat asparagus even though you've secretly been putting it in the lasagna for years and they never noticed. It's okay. None of that's going to change. Married couple Joe and Chris are pretty much the quintessential Kiwi couple. Their suburban home is warm and inviting with a backyard boasting of children's swings and sports balls across the lawn. It screams young family in all the best ways, but it was screams of a different kind that would challenge them in a way they weren't prepared for. We're Chris and Joe. Um, we've been married for... <laughs> yeah, 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. We met at a supermarket on opposite checkouts when I was 15 and he was 17. Um, <laughs> fast forward, <laughs> in 2014 we had our first child, Hunter, who was a boy. Um, and then, um, surprise, we got miraculously pregnant with our second. 
who is Jet. You just need um, to slow down because there's some key points that you're missing here. <laughs> so with our first child, I'm going to cut in here. With our first child, What's we were, we were um, desperate to have a boy. Like everyone says, oh, it doesn't matter. But the reality is we wanted to have a boy. We had a boy. It was awesome. And then we went, then the second one, when we went for the, right. the scan, the 20 week or whatever it is where they can tell you what it was, we both said, like, they asked, do you want to know what gender this child is, what sex this child is? And, and we, um, we said yes. And the radiographer turned around and said, oh, it's a boy. And we both sighed. Oh, thank God. And we left after the scan and we turned to each other and said, thank God, because I don't know how I would have reacted if they'd said it was a girl. Then Joe got pregnant with our third child and we had another boy. And so we were wrapped. We were like, a you know, boys. this is... Yeah. This is what we wanted. This is what we got. And then, yeah. Yeah. So Jet was born healthy and happy. Um, and then shortly after two, probably about two and a half, she started insisting, like really insisting on only wearing girls' clothes, which was really foreign to us because we had a house full of boys. Like I was the only female in sight. And so all of a sudden she's saying, no, I, I will only wear pink. Started with pink. I'll only wear pink. I'll only wear girls' clothes. It, it was that point in time where, where she started choosing and she wanted to wear pink leggings and she wanted unicorns and rainbows and puppies and, th and things like that. At this point in time, I was like, Joe, you're influencing us. You're, you're, you know, and I drew a line in the sand and I said, you know, fine. Um, Jet can wear whatever she likes as long as she's wearing um, appropriate underwear and she's not wearing a dress. Uh, dress or a skirt. And we were quite scared and quite um, protective of her at that time. We were... Yeah, it was all unknown. We didn't know if this was a phase or if this was what it was. So, yeah. And then once she hit three, she just kind of just went, nah, no way. No way, no how. She wants the full noise, pink, bright, unicorn, rainbow, the works kind of. And it was, I guess, her pushing back on us. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it was her decision. Um, but our families didn't necessarily see it that way. I mean, Joe's family was quite receptive um, to it, but my family was a bit unsure about it uneasy about it and they you know they would still buy boys stuff well, even overly and, masculine stuff yeah to try and it. you know oh, oh this is really yeah. cool wear this yeah we had some friends and family saying or even strangers are like assuming that we're putting that on her like that we are dressing her because you know she's three we should be able to tell her what to wear yeah. like you know and um, i often say to people you're welcome to come to my house in the morning and try and get her into boys clothes because she will not she mm. will not. She would rather walk out of the house naked than wear boys' clothes. Like, it w was a fight. It would, and why? Why am I fighting her on this? If she wants to wear pink, why not? But then Jet turned four, and her wanting to wear dresses and grow her hair out turned into something else. Just a warning here that we're going to feature some audio that is distressing to listen to, but we thought it important to feature. It came to a real peak where she was really, really upset and talking about self-harm, and she was really depressed in herself, and... Um, yeah, that's when we kind of realised that we were doing something wrong. Uh, you did. I realised. I was still in denial. And Joe jo took a video and showed me it. Mm. Like, you know, this is what Jet's been saying. And this is, she was, she was hysterical. What's up, my darling? I want to be a girl. You want to be a girl? I love everything about a girl. Do you? You love everything about a girl. It's okay. 
Why can't I be a girl? When you're an adult, you can decide, don't you? How can I grow out my willy? You can't grow out your willy, darling, but when you're an adult, okay, you can talk to doctors about that, okay? But you have to wait until you're an adult. Hi. Alright. And that's super tricky. <laughs> I want to be a girl. I know you do, my darling. I love you. Hearing this is harrowing, but it speaks to how strongly she was feeling these emotions. This is when they knew it wasn't something that was going away anytime soon. Went from there where Joe started doing a lot of research. Um, the reality is, um, I was totally in denial about the whole thing. I was just, I'm, I'm a man, you know, Jet's, Jet's a man, this is, this is a phase, this isn't happening, you know, and totally in denial and for all the wrong reasons, like just like ignorant to it really, um, more than anything. And I think a lot of, a lot of guys are. Chris really struggled with this new development, but now they reflect on how lucky they are for Jet to be so aware of herself at such a young age. For us, I think we've got it easy. Yeah. Because um, we, can, we can learn and we can, because we have to learn, because it's not something that, you know, it is, it is foreign to us, at least. And, um, but we've got a lot of time to, to, to support and learn, you know, rather than yeah. a child who's been... Um, hiding something or being t- suppressed by their parents until a point where they get to where they have control and they can come they yeah. can come out you know I not think... only that too i think we're really lucky that jet was able to know what was different in her and be able to articulate that like i've spoken to a lot of parents whose kids haven't been able to express that until teen years or even mm-hmm. later and just know like they'll say i knew, knew something was different but couldn't identify what it was and it caused a lot of, um, you know, inner turmoil within them throughout their primary years and teen years. And we're just, yeah, really lucky, I think, in Jet that she is so familiar with what it is that's wrong inside her and how to change it. Like, that she wasn't identifying with her, you know, outside parents and that, that needed to change. We shouldn't be in control of that. But that we removed all restrictions and we said we were wrong, we admitted that we were wrong. We shouldn't have been saying that you have to wait to an adult that you can be you can, you can be a girl now or you can you, whatever you want you can wear dresses you can remove everything that we said you know just t- take that all away said if you want to be in she and her we can do that now you can do anything you want the only one thing you can't do is remove your penis yet like that it still has to wait till an adult but everything else um, we can do and so the very next day I took it into Kmart and we stood there in the clothing aisle and it's gender split so the boys are here and the girls are here and we stood right in the middle. They said, you can choose anything. I was like, you need a summer wardrobe, so you can choose anything. From any side, just close the clothes, no gender. Just... And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. She's like, even the dress? I'm like, yes, even the dress. And so she ran. She ran off and she chose a dress, girls' undies, girls' togs, which are all the things we had said no to. Mm-hmm. And she was just beaming, like absolutely beaming. And she put the dress on. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> she put the dress on. And she wore the dress home. And in the car on the way home, I was, I was crying. And I was scared. Like, I just looked at her in a dress and she was so happy. And in that moment, I knew that this was forever. And I knew that it wasn't a phase. And that this was right for her. 
but I was so scared of what that meant and I didn't know what it meant and I didn't know what it meant for her as an adult, as a teenager, through school, everything. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking of these ridiculous things like how is she going to find love and how is she, you know, all these far off things that are 20 years away but in that moment we're right there and just seeing her in a dress just brought all of that, yeah, right to the front of my mind and it was hard, it was really hard. Um, and I masked it, like, obviously we're driving home, so I'm driving so she can't see me, so I was just crying as we were driving. Um, but, yeah, she's in the back, and I was wishing her dress around and just the happiest I've ever seen her. And, yeah, we were just complete polar opposite emotions in that moment. And, and yeah, I think that's the, the start of, that was definitely the start of her transition. The day after that Kmart trip where Jet chose dresses, we had a, a four-year-old's birthday party to go to, and Jet wanted to wear her dress, so it was her first public outing as a girl. That was, and so Jet yeah. was so nervous. She was like, what am I going to say? And she was like practicing in the car, like, okay, if someone says to me, why am I wearing a dress? I'm going to tell them that clothes are clothes and it doesn't matter and I can wear what I want. And I'm like, okay. So she's like practicing and practicing and, <laughs> and like all right. puffed up and all proud. And so she walked into the house full of, full of all the kids that she sees every weekend. Like they're, they're our close, close friends. And so there's like 10 kids around her and she's like standing there in a dress like, and like no one even, there goes, hi Jet. <laughs> and she's like yeah, and so awesome. she went up to one of her friends she's like I'm wearing a dress and she's like okay <laughs> and she's like because you know clothes are clothes and her friend's like okay <laughs> like, they didn't even care they were just like awesome. and so it was just a total non-issue that Christmas, Joe sent out a mass email to all of their whānau telling them that Jed changed her pronouns and they got a good reception from most of their family and friends but that word phase was still being thrown around Everyone just kept saying it's, it's just a phase. It's going to be a phase, yeah. phase, phase, phase. Like this was thrown around so much, and I said that in the support group that I found, I mentioned that I'm like, I don't know what to do because what if this is just a phase? And we like, you know, tell the world that she's a girl and it's two weeks later she's a boy. Like, and one of the parents said to me, she's like, so what if it is a phase? Don't you want to support your child through that phase? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like. Of course I do. And they're like, well, then why would you, like, even if it's a week, if it's a year, if it's 10 years, why aren't you going to wrap around them and encourage them and support them? Hearing how open and honest Joe and Chris are about their journey is humbling. Their ability to be so transparent about it is a skill I know other families want. Both of them wanted to know so badly that their little girl was going to be okay, that she's going to be loved and find her own family when she grows up. Well, our next guest is special in the fact they made their own family. But first, we'll have to buckle up and make sure our seats are in the upright position. Uh, the flight time to Dunedin, one hour and 45 minutes, and we'll climb to a cruise altitude of 36,000 feet. Good conditions for flying today. One or two little bumps out there. Ah, Dunedin in July. It's bright outside in the southern bowl-shaped city, but perpetually nippy. Halfway up the bowl among narrowed streets, we're invited into the home of Scout Barber Evans. Scout is transmasculine. This means they were born female at birth, but transition later to better fit their gender identity. They're also a parent. Kia ora, my name is Scout. I use they, them pronouns. I am a single parent down here in Dunedin. At the end of 2017, I had my top surgery, so this was kind of the last tick box that I needed to 
feel comfortable enough in my skin that I mm. could then go through something that was going to be uncomfortable and dysphoric for me. Yeah. And around this time, I started researching into the possibilities around whether or not I could um, safely conceive a child and safely have a pregnancy. And in the end, I found this community of thousands of parents from around the world who were transgender or non-binary. Oh, wow. And who had had children themselves or who were planning to. And there were just photo after photo of beautiful, healthy babies that these, these people had given birth to themselves and gestated themselves. So... I ended up speaking to my endocrinologist about it. I got, you know, the all clear from her. We did some blood tests to make sure everything was okay. I found that I was having to lie to some doctors and some um, mental health professionals especially because I felt like if anyone knew how much I wanted to have children one day that they wouldn't allow me to transition. Mm. So yeah. transition was much higher on the priority list than having children because it's what I needed to be well enough to have children yeah. and to, you know, survive and find strength in my life. Um, I came off my testosterone and I found a sperm donor. I actually managed to conceive in the first month of trying, which I was incredibly lucky. So she was conceived in March. I gave birth in December at 41 and a half weeks pregnant. <laughs> It was a very long road. I um, vomited every day until 41 and a half weeks pregnant. But now I've got this two and a half year old and she lights up every room that she's in and she's so clever and articulate and funny and the best thing that I've ever made. Scout's story is remarkable and not surprisingly, it made national news that in turn went global. I'll move on to our next story. It's about pregnancy, the nausea, the back pain. None of your clothes fit for months afterwards, actually. But looking forward to meeting your baby and becoming a parent makes it all worth it. It's no exception for pregnant Dunedin student Scout Barber Evans, except that in Scout's case, the baby Scout's carrying will call them dad. Because of Scout's media attention, other trans parents, as well as parents of trans kids, have reached out to them. It's that scary realisation when you're a parent that you don't actually have every tool. You need to ask for extra help and you need more people within your parenting journey to provide that correct support and guidance to a young person. Our our trans young people are going to have those exact same feelings and fears as they get older as well. It's about getting getting them to the point that they're able to do that parental worrying. There are so many trans adults around the country who are fighting every single day for the lives of your children to be better and for access to the services that your children need to be able to thrive as adults. And we are thriving now and we have fantastic lives with fantastic families and fantastic villages around us. So there is hope but it's going to be really hard for a while. It's not always going to be that way, and there's always an after to the storm. Scout literally embodies what it's like for transgender people as well as parents, and there's an overwhelming similarity. All of them are nervous for the future, protective of what other people will say, and wholeheartedly want their kids to be their best selves. It's my belief as a parent that... 
my daughter is everything that I want her to be now. And, you know, it's my job to to help her develop the innate qualities that she already has to apply them when she's an adult. So she's she's a little person. I don't think we give our toddlers enough credit sometimes for how much they are or how much they bring to the table, but she's everything that I want her to be already. I can sit here and talk of Scout all day, but I have a plane to catch and it's freezing. But after landing back into Auckland, we wondered one thing. Scout referred to their daughter with she, her pronouns. How do they approach gender and parenting? We quickly jumped onto Zoom and asked that very question. We're still working on that whole concept of what it is, and I'm in absolutely no rush for her to learn. But it is, her gender identity is up to her. And the if she asks to be used, to be referred to with different pronouns, then that's a choice that we're going to let her make. So it's kind of, you're just not going to worry about it. It's like, eh, you know, it's kind of something if, um, if she brings it up later on, then, you know, you're going to do something about it then, but you're more sort of just kind of chilled out about the whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't want her growing up with any sense of conflict around it. I don't want her growing up with people constantly correcting her or pushing their own agendas onto the way that she identifies and some people would say that by using she her pronouns that I'm doing that but that would suggest that the use of they them pronouns is inherently neutral and for myself the use of they them pronouns is actually something that is so meaningful and so important and I can't comprehend the idea of thinking about it as a neutral thing when it represents something to me. You know, I, I want her to keep living her life, bringing me magnets. And, and triangles, no. Go on the square magnets. I'm sorry that I put the triangles on the square magnets. That was really horrible of me, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it's, it's not a life that I want her to have to live. If, she's, if she comes out as gender diverse and she wants to change her pronouns, then we will do that. And I will push and advocate for her, but I don't want her growing up with that association between conflict and pronouns. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Sorry. Ah, one of those days. Good Mubu. to see you too. Say hi to your brother. Hi, Mabel. Oh, yeah, Mumu fell asleep. <laughs> How was the flight? It was all right. It was good. Yeah. It seemed like it was cold down there. It's freezing. It's so freezing. <laughs> um, but something I wanted to ask you was uh, hearing back Joe and Chris's story with Jet. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, like, how, like, your interpretation of it and, and, and your opinion and what you thought. Listening to Joe and Chris um, was just such a. It was so close to home for me because I know exactly how they felt. You feel like you are not sure what the right thing is to do. What, and I can, you know, just hearing that in their voices, the denial, I had the denial. But then 
you know, us playing the little clip from Jet and her, how she felt about her body, that was, I bawled. Bawled, oh my God, I'm crying. It was just so emotional. Yeah, there is, I, I haven't come across any examples of like someone just like so dysphoric mm. and, and emotional, especially someone so young. That was like, wow, like she knows, like she knows it's like what, you know, that she's she in the wrong body. Yeah, f from someone so young. And it yeah. <laughs> took me ages, <laughs> years, yeah. Um, and, it t and it takes some people a lot longer than, than me as well. I wondered about that, you know, if it was because of the way I brought you up and that's why you didn't have clear gender boxes. Because I brought you up practical, you know, practical, you know, just how I was brought up. You know, I didn't force dresses on you. We were a very adventurous family. We were always camping and tramping and climbing trees and that's exactly how I was brought up. And I just brought you up the same way, you know, practical yeah. clothes for practical days, you know, dirty clothes for every day and dresses for when we went out on special occasions. You know, I wasn't really a mother that dressed you up all pretty and nice for every day, every day living because yeah. every day living was digging, digging holes, building sandcastles. Mud pies. Yeah, mud pies, having mm -hmm. mud pie fights, doing water slides, mm -hmm. mud slides. Um, and I was in Scouts as well, and that was my... Yeah. yeah, and that's how I grew up. I was making huts in the bush, and, um, you know, and I was talking to Mum about it, and she was like, well, that was how she was brought up. You know, you were outside all day playing, and um, you only really wore dresses on good occasions, and that's about it. So, you know, do you think, because we were quite fluid in that, and it wasn't very clear... It definitely makes sense that I started to be dysphoric when I, when it was compulsory for me to wear a skirt at school. Yes. Because I, I changed schools into my uh, intermediate to, to high school, um, and it was compulsory for girls to wear dresses. Yeah. Um, and the uniform that you had in your primary school, you had the option for shorts, and you and always, yeah, yeah, you always wore short or pants. Yeah. You know, and I didn't even thought anything about it. I just thought that was practical because. Why would you wear a skirt at school when you're running around playing and at lunch? Yeah, well, I think that was skorts um, right. yeah. for, for primary. But, like, I was always, you know, doing tag rugby. Uh, tag, is it tag rugby? Um, yeah. We, we yeah, we, yeah. like, <laughs> lob, tag lob off the, the tag off yeah. the, the person's waist. Yeah, um, that was, you know, that was my every lunchtime. Um, and, and everyone wore shorts. You know, for PE, um, but I, I don't know. I, I can't really comment on it because I've never really actually thought about all of that before. No, I know, but yeah, hearing little Jet and how she felt and her tears and you know, oh my God, I'm crying again. Are you? Yes, like it just broke my heart. You know, you could just hear the pain in her voice. One thing that um that I really loved about Jet's story was the, the Kmart trip because I, I was there with her. I was, you know, I was like in the aisles and, and I felt her excitement because I, I had felt her excitement. Um, you know, you've, you have all, you, there's 
I mean, there, there's social barriers, but there are barriers there that you're like, I can't wear this, I can't play with these toys, I can't like this kind of show, you know. I loved Ben 10 when I was... When oh, that's I was, right, yes, you <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, I loved it. But I got so many comments from people that it was weird that I was like a girl liking Ben 10 so much. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny. I never actually thought that was weird that you liked Ben 10. Me either. But <laughs> yeah, everyone was just, it's kind of weird. But I mean, you know, with Jet's story, um, I just so, I just remembered being um, in, in my own uh, Kmart story, yeah. <laughs> which is, it happened at the warehouse. Um, and it wasn't as exciting as hers, like I didn't have as much fun. Um, but there was definitely that feeling of like, okay, well, I can actually choose anything I want now. Yeah. Um, and it's a part of transitioning that's actually really fun is that you get to experiment with stuff that was kind of hands off. Like it was, you know, you're not to, you know, okay, I have to avoid these things, otherwise people start thinking stuff. Um, but now you're out and experimenting and that's like a really awesome side of transition as well. well the, the great thing about that as well is you start to figure out your personality. You know, what clothes do you like? What do you wear? What do you suit? Yes, that's right, darling. You know, what, you know, so what I loved is seeing you try on all these different, you know. Styles. Styles. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. now we've got Farmer Joe. <laughs> I, I, it's not, it's not a aesthetic I With his red gumboots, people. His red gumboots. Sexy red gumboots, which he wears to the supermarket. It was raining. No shame. No shame. <laughs> so what we, what we heard from Joe and Chris, and then what we heard from Scout, something that kind of, you know, they're very different, because yeah. <laughs> first Scout's trans. Um, as a trans parent, you know, mm. haha pun. But also the fact that how, you know, when it comes down to it, how they're both, um, how Joe and Chris is raising, you know, their kids and our scouts raising their daughter. Mm. Um, it's very much just, they have the same hopes and fears, really, as parents. And that, that resonated with me because I'm like, oh, wow, because, you know, you now have another child, you're, you know, mm. uh, who's growing and... Um, so what, you know, what have you learned about gender and, you know, from my, not just from my childhood, but from my, like, coming out and now you've learned all this stuff about gender, has it, like, changed anything for you when you're, um, bringing yeah, her up? I think, I think when you, I brought you up, you know, it's not like it's, you think about gender, you just automatically do what everyone's done in the past. You're having a girl, you buy pink. You're having a boy, you buy blue. Um, and I, I think this time, you know, I, I joked, you know, like when I was pregnant with Mabel and we didn't know she was a girl, I was, people asked me, you know, what do you want to have? And, and I was just like, well, it doesn't really matter because they can change, yeah, <laughs> they can they change can later on. The so other I can, one, you know, I started out with a girl, now I have a boy. <laughs> I may not be a parent at the present time, but I can really understand that ultimately all the thoughts and feelings are all about making sure that your kids are going to be okay. 
For some parents, they have no idea where to start and perhaps out of fear, put it in the too hard basket and pretend like it's not there. But it is and it's not going to go away. I am yet to meet any parents of transgender youth who haven't benefited in any positive way from having the courage to engage in conversations on the topic. It's all about getting to know your young person for who they are. And as a parent, well, I think you deserve that. You made them after all. Join us in our next episode, It's All About Perspective, where we talk about gender and identity with some of our Māori and Pacifica whānau. I'm excited to announce the final episode of the season is going to be a live record that puts your questions to our guests. So send your questions to joseph at transparentpodcast.nz. Also sign up to our website where we'll let you know how you can come along. A big thanks to today's guests, Joe, she, her, Chris, he, him, and Scout Barber Evans, they, them. Thanks again for listening. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. If you've got any questions or want more information on anything you've heard, we've put together a whole list of resources from each episode on our website, transparentpodcast.nz. Let's Be Transparent is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you've enjoyed listening, then I'd be really grateful if you gave us a rating and leave a review. Let's Be Transparent was created and presented by me, Joseph Stockhausen, he, him, and my mum, Pauline Stockhausen, she, her. Our theme song was written and performed by Maxwell Apps, they, them. The executive producer was Tim Watkin, he, him. This podcast was produced and made by the Team at Motuehe Group for Radio New Zealand. Also, a huge thanks to Radio New Zealand's Liz Garten, she, her, for all of her awesome advice putting this all together. This is more than just a kid and a parent. Let's be transparent. This is an RNZ podcast. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.